Welcome to AFSPA Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association with Chief Operating Officer Kyle Longton. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast channel. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of AFSPA Talks. I'm Kyle Longton, and with me as always is... Hannah Wolfart. Hannah, it's Thanksgiving week. Do you have any plans to see family? I do, Kyle. I'm actually headed uh, to outside of my hometown. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and so I'm headed there for the holidays and I'm going to see my sister, my nana, my mom. So I'm excited about that. That sounds great. And you genuinely sound excited. Not not like you're saying that just because they might be listening. I think that's great. <laughs> there obviously are some stressors, but I do. I am excited to see them. Um, how about you? Do you have plans to see family? Yeah, no, we're we're staying here in Northern Virginia, but my um, parents-in-law are coming to spend uh, a long weekend with us, which is always nice. It's it's nice to have some help with the kids, and of course, the kids love seeing their grandparents. Um, and at least there's more mouths to eat the leftover turkey uh, before we get too tired of it. Um, but I know that that you know, in past Thanksgivings, I've I've traveled to visit my family, most uh, of which is in Kentucky. And that's also where my in-laws are. And and that can be stressful. And that, that stress has changed as I've gotten older. Um, and it's not just, you know, looking at my parents going, is that what I'm going to look like in 30 years? Is, is my hair starting to gray like that? Do I have the wrinkles coming in? It, it's not just like that. Um, it's also particularly when my grandparents were, were around, um, you know, seeing them visibly age, you know, having trouble getting around um, uh, forgetfulness, um, an unwillingness in, in my opinion, but maybe an inability to do some basic things for themselves, um, or things that, you know, making a special meal that I used to like or something like that. And that can be stressful. Um, and, and I don't know if you, you've been through that. Um, I, I know we've talked some about other family members in the past, but I know, you know, I remember one Christmas in particular, we, we looked for assisted living for my grandmother. She was getting out of the hospital and it was like, that was Christmas Eve. Um, and so the stresses take a different form as we get older. Um, and honey, you're, you're familiar with our, our foundation, right? Yes. The senior living foundation. Yeah. And the senior living foundation does, it's been around since 1988. And we actually, we, we do a lot for retired foreign service personnel and their spouses, and also for the parents of active duty foreign service personnel. And we tend to see a spike this time of year as people are engaging with family more than they, they have, or maybe face-to-face and they start to have some concerns and they want to have some conversations. And that's what we're here to do through the foundation. Um, And recently the office of employee relations at the department of state approached um, the senior living foundation and asked us to put together a webinar to focus on caring for loved ones and also caring for oneself when you're providing that or serving in that caregiver role. Um, now, Hannah, you've worked some magic, right? Oh, yes, definitely. We're ready for uh, you guys to hear basically all about caring for your seniors. Okay. And so, Hannah, you were able to take the, the audio from that webinar and share it here. Can you tell us who we're going to hear from and what points or just very briefly they'll, they're going to hit on? Definitely, Kyle. So AFSPA CEO, Paula Jacob, who also serves as the executive director of the Senior Living Foundation, provides some background on the foundation, and she introduces Heather Surrey, an aging life care professional who runs a care management agency in Northern Virginia. 
Also, Kevin Montgomery, a licensed clinical social worker with ABLE2, a mental wellness program that we've discussed previously in an episode. And Heather will share some tools and resources available to help people caring for aging loved ones. Kevin, on the other hand, will talk through some self-care strategies to help caregivers who usually are managing a lot. Yep. And we did we did cut down the the hour-long webinar so that it's a little more digestible in the the audio format. But um if people want the full webinar, including the QA, which we did not include in the, the podcast, um, where can they find that? They can find that on our YouTube channel. So I'll put a full link um, to the webinar in the show notes. You guys can just click on that link and it'll bring you right to the full webinar. And we'll also put a link in the show notes to the Senior Living Foundation's website. So you can find out more about what we do and resources that are there, um, and as well as ways that you can support the work that we do. So Hannah, without any further ado, here is the SLF State Department Program, Self-Care for the Caregiver. Welcome to the Self-Care for the Caregiver, hosted by the Senior Living Foundation of the American Foreign Service. And a special thank you to Talent Care under Employee Relations Work-Life Division for hosting this. My name is Edward Capers, Jr. I'm the Director of Office Retirement. The Deputy Director of Office Retirement is Leon Lauder. We like to let you know that we stand ready to support you as our annuitants of the Foreign Service. If there's a qualifying life event, please feel free to contact us so we can provide you support. Whether it be a birth, a marriage, a death, we are here for you and to serve you. With that introduction, I'd like to introduce Paula Jacob, the Executive Director of the Senior Living Foundation of the American Foreign Service at this time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ed. It's great to be here and thank you for hosting this very special event. Um, for those of you who are attending, thank you for spending an hour with us. I'm sure you're going to have questions after you hear what our two guest speakers have to say. Please submit your questions in the Q&A feature at the bottom or top of the page. So a little bit about the Senior Living Foundation. We've been around for more than 30 years fulfilling our mission to provide help and support to our foreign service retirees and their spouses as they face challenges that comes with aging. What began as a dream to serve our often forgotten colleagues has actually become a vital extension of the foreign service family. Since our founding, our help has extended to more than 1,600 people and resulted in grant and program spending of more than $6 million. In 2018, at the suggestion of the then Director General Carol Perez, and with enormous help from the Office of Employee Relations, we expanded our programs and created the Parent Program. This special program is aimed at providing guidance to parents and parents-in-law of active duty foreign service personnel. To date, we have responded to more than 130 requests from personnel in almost 60 countries throughout the world. Now, th there are challenges in managing and providing care for loved ones. Being a caregiver, is time consuming as well as physically and emotionally draining, even when you are close by. But imagine what it is like if you are halfway around the world and can't get home easily. It often takes a toll on one's own health. And we are so grateful for this opportunity 
to share some suggestions for managing that care and caring for yourself. To begin, we are fortunate to have an aging life care professional with us. Heather Surrey is a registered nurse and certified care manager. She founded Pathways in Aging, an aging life care management practice <clears throat> serving Northern Virginia in 2018. Heather is the president of the Mid-Atlantic Chapter of the Aging Life Care Association and a Medical Reserve Corps volunteer. From personal experience, I know that Heather loves working in her community to help families navigate the complexities of the healthcare system with a special passion for supporting the sandwich generation. Heather, take it away. I'm sure you have tons of great information to share with us. Thank you so much, Paula, and um, so grateful to be here today to uh, share some ideas and thoughts about how to get support uh, when you are managing the care of aging parents, um, whether you're doing that locally or you're doing that remotely. Uh, I practice here in Northern Virginia, but I wanted to share some information that I think will be helpful for you no matter where you live in the country uh, or even the world. You have my slides, Kyle? There we go. All right, so some resources for aging loved ones. And we can have the next slide, perfect. Okay, so when you know, you're, you're kind of getting started, maybe you've noticed that um, your folks are starting to need some help, um, you know, um, looking kind of at the local level resources, I think is where a lot of people start. Uh, your local area agency on aging, which is usually a county-based program, um, can you can usually connect with somebody who can do even a little bit of light case management, um, maybe interview you, maybe interview your folks and see if there are county-based services that might be appropriate for them. Uh, I also recommend that uh, adult children um, get involved with a local support group. And there may be ones that are local. Um, there's a lot that are happening virtually. Uh, there's Facebook groups that are both local and national for caregivers. But in those support groups, you are going to find a lot of very practical, um, tactical, day-to-day daily life type of advice um, that is, is going to be helpful for you. Um, and then also provide that additional layer of emotional support and kind of this shared experience with other people who are also in that caregiving role. Um, also wanted to bring your attention to villages, to the, the village movement. Um, there are different areas of the country that are more active than others but a lot of local communities do have villages, which are these kind of um, organizations that are intentional in how they help support elders and aging in place. And that looks different depending on the village, but it might be vetted resources. Um, it might be, you know, bringing in a home care company and um, doing some volume pricing negotiation if you bring in one home care company to serve several people in a neighborhood. 
Uh, so that's something that is work lo worth looking into in your local area. Um, another program, um, memory cafes, that's something that um, national program, but uh, there's, there's actual um, events, memory cafe events, which are local. And at a memory cafe, these are designed for people who uh, have cognitive impairment. So you might have an adult child who, who actually physically attends with an elder, or you may have um, a well spouse that is attending with a cognitively impaired spouse, and they offer programming for couples or um, parents and adult children together, and then also a time for programming that is separate. So another place, again, to, to get some good support and um, social interaction for your aging loved one. When there's cognitive impairment, sometimes those opportunities for, for social interaction become less accessible, um, but they're even more important. And then looking at some of the national resources, many of you are familiar with the Alzheimer's Association. They offer... Um, lots of educational resources, but also caregiver support groups. So that's worth looking into. Um, we also see uh, Parkinson's Foundation offers a lot of, of resources, uh, some of them hyper-local. So that's another one that I often refer families to. Uh, the National Alliance for Caregiving is a good one. This one you may not have heard before, uh, Positive Aging, and I, I put a URL on there. That is uh, run by a man named Steve Gurney, who is actually local to the DC metro area, but he facilitates webinars on all things related to aging, such a wide variety of topics. And right now, access to all of those webinars, both live and recorded, are um, is free, and we get people in from all over the country on those. And so it's worthwhile to join that group, get on the page and, and see if there are topics that might be of interest to you as you're trying to navigate how to support your elder loved one. And then this last one, um, the Aging Life Care Association is one that um, <laughs> I find <laughs> is uh, the one I'm most excited to talk to you about today, because of course it is the professional association for people who do what I do. Um, so let's go ahead and have the next slide and I can talk to you a little bit more about Aging Life Care Association and care managers. So care managers, um, you know, we, we practice all over the country. Um, we're largely, I happen to be a nurse, we're about 50-50 nurses and social workers, though increasingly we're seeing professionals that have other health and human services backgrounds and expertise coming into the profession. Um, but we do a variety of things to support um, spouses of, of folks who have chronic diseases, um, you know, chronic medical needs or, or cognitive needs. Um, through assessment, comprehensive assessment. So uh, we're able to actually come out to the home or to wherever your aging loved one lives and put eyes on them and really look at 
you know, their, their medical needs and their physical needs, but also looking at behavioral health and cognition and nutrition, uh, looking at the financial piece, looking at the legal piece. So we, we really have a holistic approach to get an idea of where this individual is now um, and where they want to be, what the family's needs are, and uh, help people make a plan. We also are very well versed in all of the different housing options um, in, in, that, in our local areas where we practice. So we can help you understand the different levels of care. What's the difference between independent living, assisted living, memory care, long-term care? You know, what, what is, how is a nursing home different than assisted living? And help, so help you understand the options how the financial piece works into that, what the timeline might look like, or maybe your loved one wants to age in place. So how can we layer in the supports um, in the home to help that happen? Um, medical care coordination, um, it could be from as high level as giving recommendations for specialists or physicians that folks might want to have on their team to, you know, we actually drive people to their medical appointments sometimes, um, take detailed notes, advocate during the visit, make sure all the questions get answered and make sure that report goes back to the adult children or to the spouse. Um, helping to arrange in-home services, that might be physical therapy, occupational therapy, nursing help, it might be certified nursing assistant, home care help, um, it might be massage therapy, it might be uh, somebody who is an activity specialist for somebody with, with dementia. It might be a personal trainer. Um, you know, we're, our job is to really know what the wide variety of resources are in the community and help uh, build that, that a team of, of vetted companies or individuals to, to support the elder. Um, crisis intervention, we, we often, in fact, just last night, I got a, an email very late from a family who um, had a loved one in the hospital who's getting discharged, and um, they just aren't sure which nursing home they, you know, skilled rehab they need to go to, or should they go home? What care are they going to need? Uh, so we did that emergency consult uh, via Zoom this morning with the family to help them understand the choices. So sometimes it's always great when we can make a plan in advance, but sometimes it is the, the crisis that, that kind of <laughs> brings that need for a plan into focus. And so we can help with that. And then just consultation and guidance at, at every step of the journey. Um, it might be someone who's starting to have memory loss, that they're reluctant to see a neurologist. Um, adult kids ask us, what do we do? What do we do if we think mom or dad um, we're, we're concerned about their ability to drive safely, but their folks aren't quite ready to give up the keys. You know, what do we do? So uh, we're, we're really able to help you with a high level of expertise on a variety of issues around aging, which, you know, allows, is a huge stress reliever, but also um, helps professionals take less time off of work, um, um, helps you meet your other family's needs. It's, um, it can really be an asset. You can have the next slide. 
So this is where you find people like me anywhere in the country, uh, aginglifecare.org. Again, I practice in Northern Virginia, but I have colleagues all over the country um, who have a similar skill set. And if you go to aginglifecare.org and you just click that orange button for find an aging life care expert, you will uh, can do a zip code search. And there you will find people who have met our association's um, high standards for education, for work experience, and at the highest level, um, you know, uh, passed the national credentialing exam that just demonstrates our, our expertise and our ability to do this work. And there's my contact information. Uh, certainly, if there's anything I can ever do for you, I, I love working with foreign service families. And I'll pass it back to Paula. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, hold on, there we go. Thank you so much, Heather. Um, that was great information. I'm sure we're going to get a lot more questions on that. There are so many resources out there that can make such a difference in the lives of those who not only need care, but those who, pride, who provide the support, no matter where in the world you are, literally. And as I said before, being a caregiver often takes a toll on your own health. And when you're providing that support, you may need your own form of care. This may take various forms. And we have a licensed clinical social worker with us to discuss some of the approaches of taking care of yourself as the caregiver. Kevin Montgomery began working with able to as a program advisor in 2018 managing a team of licensed, tele, or licensed therapists while attending to quality assur assurance to each member served by AbleTo. The bulk of Kevin's career has been in the managed care industry, working with companies like Cigna, TRICARE, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and New Directions. Kevin gained experience as a utilization manager, grievance coordinator, case manager, and eventually grew into a supervisory role managing the New Directions Behavioral Case Management Team throughout the state of Florida. Wow, <laughs> I had to take a breath just to get through that. As clinical integration manager, Kevin enjoys collaborating with AbleTo's healthcare partners, and we are very pleased and proud to be one of those, strengthening relationships while ensuring that the clinical needs of shared members are met. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us. Please tell us about some of the approaches a caregiver can take for their own health. Kevin? Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I really appreciate that introduction. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Montgomery. I'm the Clinical Integration Manager with ABLETO. And uh, we have some slides that we'll go over here in a minute, but I can just do a, pre a brief overview of what ABLETO is. Um, we actually offer virtual behavioral health care, and we do have specialized programs for folks that are in that caregiver role. And uh, we really focus and hone in on the amount of stress that is placed on the individual who's trying to do everything they can to tend to the needs of their loved ones. So we can probably go to the next slide and discuss that in more detail. So taking a look at, at signs of caregiver stress, if you are a caregiver yourself, I'm sure that you can relate to some of these things that are highlighted here. 
Um, and honestly, the slide touches on some real telltale signs of caregiver stress that um, tend to really impact folks. So uh, if we look through just briefly, you might begin to experience some signs of uh, burnout a little bit where you're noticing that you're becoming uh, more overwhelmed, uh, maybe even feeling slightly more irritable than usual. If you know there can be a rough day here and there throughout the week uh, on any regular week, but when you're feeling that caregiver stress and sometimes even anxiety, you can be a little bit, a little bit more agitated. Uh, understandably so. Uh, maybe you're, you're noticing that you're feeling kind of down or blue. Um, there's also even physical changes that you might start to notice too if you're under a good deal of caregiver stress. Some of those changes could be fluctuations in weight, um, body pains maybe that you hadn't noticed before just because you're tensed up a lot from the stress, right? Um, and even your sleep routine might change, waking up in the middle of the night and thinking, oh my gosh, did I help so-and-so with their medication today like I planned or did I miss an appointment? You know, those kinds of, of scenarios happen pretty frequently with people that are um, doing everything they can to tend to their loved one's needs. Um, as we move to the next slide, too, we can hone in on some more specifics. Um, so one of the things that Able to really wants to hone in on uh, is we offer an eight-week program. It's very short-term. I kind of look at it look at it like an emotional tune-up for folks that are starting to recognize they're becoming a bit frayed or they're burning the candles at both ends, as, as we say. Um, so what the, the therapist and the coach do in an able to program is they introduce a self-care routine. And a lot of times this doesn't sit well with folks. They say, self-care, I'm fine. I pull myself up on my bootstraps. I don't, I don't need any self-care, you know, but if we stop and think about it for a minute, that could be coming from a place where maybe you have a preconceived notion that self-care is selfish. Well, I want to make sure I make it very, very clear in this discussion today that self-care is not selfish. We have to give from our abundance, otherwise we get depleted. And when that happens, we get sick and then we can't help anybody. So self-care is necessary for you to live your best life. That's the message I want to make sure people really get from this slide. Um, so then stepping into some self-care activities that we go over here at Able To is we like to help folks um, design a, a daily schedule that's helpful to them so that they're able to incorporate self-care into the daily routine. Um, some of the specifics, I mean, just to do a, a quick deep dive into with some of the things that we teach our, our members that engage with able to, is that we, we reflect back on positive achievements in their lives, times when you had to overcome difficulties and highlight strengths that you recognized from that period of your life and how to then incorporate those strengths into the, your, your current day-to-day. Um, also, we really emphasize the importance of connection, uh, especially during the pandemic, right? There's been such a disconnect and it's been so difficult for everybody. So connecting virtually or even better yet in person when it's safe is ideal. We want to embrace our friends and loved ones every way we can. So that social connection really does help to bolster you back up emotionally. Um, also, I mean, this might sound a little bit hokey, but creating daily affirmations can be a really wonderful thing. Uh, if you start your day with a positive attitude and maybe even have a saying or a song lyric or a, a poetic verse that really speaks to you, that helps to lift you up throughout the day, repeating that when times are tough can get you through some, some difficult moments. 
And then the other really important piece of what we do here at Able to uh, in, our, in our program is that we teach people how to not just take a break, because a lot of times we'll say, okay, I'm going to sit for five minutes, have a snack or watch TV and then get back to it. It's not really all that um, uh, rejuvenating if you do that. So we teach people how to truly relax, not just take a break, but allow themselves the self-care time to truly relax. So basically what Able to is, is a virtual behavioral healthcare company. Uh, we offer what we call cognitive behavioral therapy interventions with licensed therapists. Um, they hold one session per week uh, with the client. And then behavioral coaches hold a secondary session per week for eight weeks. So um, the therapist is a little bit more focused on helping to change our thinking patterns to become more positive. And then the coaches really reinforce the exercises similar to that relaxation exercise we just went through. There's also a self-guided education piece too, where uh, if you're interested in doing some worksheets or homework related to your program, that's something that's also encouraged by the team. On the next slide, we can actually take a look at how that program looks. Uh, again, just to reassure you that uh, Able2 is very focused on quality care. So we only hire quality behavioral health care folks to work with as a part of our team. Um, again, this treatment, this therapeutic intervention is delivered virtually. So uh, you can engage via video chat, kind of like what we're doing right now with uh, this meeting or over the phone, if that's easier for you. We're happy to hold sessions anyway. It's it works best for you. Um, the other good news about Able2 is that we have a great deal of availability. So if you're a morning person and you want to call, give us a call or we call you at the uh, during the time you're sipping your tea or having a cup of coffee, we can accommodate that. If you're more of a night owl, we can have sessions at night. If you prefer weekends, we'll work with you on weekends too. Um, and as you see there, the step-by-step, um, week-by-week experience that the, the member has um, basically, it's an eight-week program again, and that top line is where the therapists work with you, and the bottom blue line there is where the behavioral coach works with you. Again, that's two sessions per week for eight weeks. And I think the final slide here that uh, summarizes things talks a little bit more about the caregiver program in particular. And uh, basically, it's, it's focused on helping you to improve your mood if you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, or maybe even a little bit down this is the tune-up that could really work for you. Uh, and we really target folks that are tending to caring for their spouses, maybe an older parent or another adult. Um, and the program content, again, focuses on honing in on how to best deal with the stress related to caregiving, um, as well as educating on maybe some thinking issues that tend to take you down a more negative thinking path. We, we turn that around, we make a U-term and we teach you some more positive interventions that can help you shift your thinking. Uh, and then also, as mentioned before, that was just one relaxation exercise that we went through with the breathing piece there. We have a plethora of exercises to choose from, and they're really based around your comfort level and, and what you're interested in. And I think the final, final slide for able to here is a uh, QR code um, where I think if you have Aetna FSBP, it would work if you scan that with your phone right on the slide. You can feel free to visit Ableton's website. And um, I believe that there's a contact us option at the bottom of that page. And you can outreach to us at any time 
or outreach to your insurance company to see if you can engage with ABLE too. I know that this session is about caregiving for the care caregiver. And I want to emphasize that your federal health plans have a ton of different programs out there for you. Many of the health plans, including ours, um, have able to, or something like that. So you may want, so my, the, the audience out there may want to look at what your health plans offer. Um, there's a lot, most health plans have the healthcare case managers that both Kevin and Heather touched upon, and also the their um, prescription benefit ma managers have care ma managers to help with the multiple me medications and help with, with that. So I do want to emphasize that. I also want to emphasize that, of course, the Senior Living Foundation is there for our foreign service co colleagues, both retired and at active duty. And our website, you can catch us on our website at slfoundation.org. So please do that. I also want to thank Heather and Kevin. I think that you have, have shared very valuable information and I'm sure that we're going to get tons of, of questions and, and I, I ideas. So thank you very much. I also want to pay a particular thank you to Lynn Skerrick and Maria Soledad Brady um, without their help, this program could not have happened. And I, I hope that you share my enthusiasm that I think that this has been just a fantastic program. So with that, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for your attention. And I hope you have a, a great day. And re remember, you're not alone in the, this journey. We are here for you. Thank you very much and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Ask the Talks, a production of the American Foreign Service Protective Association. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show and tell your friends about it. We welcome your feedback on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Look for at AskTheCares. All information offered in this podcast is meant to be educational. Comments offered by the hosts or guests are not intended as medical advice. Please direct questions about your personal health needs to a provider. Should there be any discrepancy between information offered in this podcast and official plan documents for the Foreign Service Benefit Plan or other products offered by ASPA, the policy provisions will prevail. Special thanks as always to Hannah Wolfhart for producing, editing, and mixing this episode. We'll see you next time.